All right. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties. OBS keeps crashing on me. It did last week as well, and I'm not quite sure why that is, but we will handle that. We'll get that fixed and up and running forward. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking all about resistance, which I feel is criminally underrated, uh, but we're going to jump into that right now on the high ground. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome. Um, I am super excited to talk about Resistance because I was just re-watching it. And yeah, I think it was just it was a lot better than I remembered it to be. And I'm a little disappointed <laughs> that um, it doesn't get as much love as it should. Uh, just real quick, everyone in the chat, please, you know, drop me a uh, smiley face or something, a thumbs up if you guys can hear everything. Um, and yeah, if, if everything is sounding good and all that stuff, it looks like my frames are dropping. We will, we'll get through it. <laughs> um, okay. It's, it's going in and out, but we're fine. Worst case scenario. I, I just have. I apologize for but let's start by um <laughs> let's start by going around and having everyone introduce themselves um let me know who you are where we can find you and or and the icebreaker i wanted to do today is ship ships and headships so your favorite starship every relationship <laughs> And I want you to ship two characters that aren't together. Doesn't matter who they are or if they're same era, big public, ever. And uh, yeah, I think that'll sing. And I'll go to Claudia first. Oh, hello. Uh, can everybody hear me okay? Um, yeah, so I'm Claudia. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts of the RuPaul's Pod Race podcast. Uh, use she, her pronouns. Um, and, um, you know, me from Star Wars, TikTok, and other places. <laughs> um, all right, so what is, uh, what is my favorite, like, ship ship? Uh, <laughs> I've been rewatching Rebels recently. I've been showing it to some friends, so I'm going to say the ghost. Um, although in my heart of hearts, uh, I, I love, I love Din. So I think if we're going to say a relationship, do you mean like a canon ship? Um, like yes. they are actually together. Okay. All right. Yeah. A canon ship. <laughs> um, yeah. First one that comes to mind, absolutely off the cuff. It's Kanan and Hera. They embody love. End of story. Like, you know, nobody does it like them. Um, they invented love. Everybody else can sit down. Um, now, <laughs> a, uh, ship from any time period, well, I have many of those, um, I go through phases with that, um, but today I'd like to shout out Thrawn and Eli, because they're the loves of my life, <laughs> they're just, they're, uh, I, 
they embody love. Um, Thrawn 2017, you are literature. Uh. <laughs> All right, so my name is Kivu Kieran, but I do not make content. So if you ever want to talk Star Wars with me, you can find me in Darth Chaco's Discord or the boys at They Fly Now or the Padawans podcast. I often talk with them. Um, so, yeah. My favorite ship would probably be the Chimera, Imperial Star Destroyer, commanded by Thrawn, because Thrawn is my favorite character. I had my little Funko Pop right here. Um, but yeah, Thrawn's just a, just a fascinating guy, genius, into art. So, yeah. Um, my favorite relationship, since Claudia brought up Hera and Kanan, which was good to be my choice, but I also do really like the relationship of Sienna Ree and Dane Cairo from Lost Stars. It is such a good relationship. And the back and forth between one being on the Empire and the other with the Rebellion and the way they meet between the lines and during battle, it's just, it's just good. And then two people I would ship that aren't together. I don't know why. Might be a little crazy, but Reef from the High Republic and Ahsoka, I just think they're both... Okay. I love no, that. I, that's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah. I even think about that one. You have to ponder that <laughs> later. Uh, last but not least, uh, are we done? Oh, hello, everyone. Yes, my name is Camilla. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Boricua Wookie. Um, you can also find I have a Star Wars narrative podcast. It's called Beings of the Galaxy. You can find that wherever podcasts are streaming. Um, also on Instagram at Beings of the Galaxy Pod. And each episode tells a different story about a different being in the galaxy. Um, some of your TikTok faves have been featured on the podcast, including Chaco. You can listen to his episode, episode <laughs> six. Um, wherever podcasts are streaming again um oh i i totally forgot i wanted to start with a couple happies we have happy wookie wednesday everyone and then also happy national latinx heritage hispanic heritage month especially to our resistance space latinos the doza family so happy (laughs) happy to to the happy space latino month to them as well um and then the icebreaker questions so my favorite ship ship is also the ghost because I love everything that it symbolizes with the found family and how it's a home for all of them. And just so many good things happen in the ghost. Um, so the ghost is my favorite. And then my favorite relationship is what I, I personally consider to be the healthiest relationship in Star Wars, which is Bale and Brea. Um, I love them with all of my heart. And I'm not going to think about um, the Brea's short story from A New Hope anthology from a certain point of view because it broke me. So that Brea and Bale. And then ship two characters are not together. So I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a ship for Hunter from The Bad Batch. (laughs) But I couldn't come up with it. So... Venter. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Fennec, I'm assuming. We talk about that a lot on Rooftop's Pod Race because yes. our joke is that Hunter is a he, him, lesbian. So Venter only in a sapphic way. Um, that's a shout out to Ollie. <laughs> yes, Ollie is Ollie is uh, one of Hunter's biggest fans for sure. So okay, great. Then we'll then we'll do that. I was also gonna say um, Din and Omera from um, Mando because I. I think about how just 
you know, didn't just, it, it would have been a different life if you chose to just stay sweet farming lady and just he became a farmer and took up his helmet, you know, it would have been great for him. So I guess those are my two. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and and if you aren't listening to group helps uh, pod race uh, or podcast, sorry, um, pod race. Yeah, whatever. Um, please do. It's the most chaotic but wonderful thing you'll ever uh, experience. So definitely shouts out to them. But um, awesome. Okay, moving forward, kind of jumping into it. What is your favorite Star Wars project, and and where does even if it's not Resistance, that's okay. But where does Resistance specifically rank on this? Um, actually, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with uh, Camilla. Um, I've always really struggled with the like ranking question because I feel bad <laughs> for things that I might put like lower on my list. But that's not to say that I don't like it because when I look at like the way that I rank things, it's always a ranking of things that like mean a lot to me for either nostalgic reasons or the way that they've moved me or the way that they've inspired me. And it's not necessarily like, this is good and this is bad. So it's like resistance is definitely lower on my list um, than like, say like the prequel trilogy is up there because of, again, what it means to me and and, and a lot of the like lessons and the themes and the things that it's taught me. Um, but that's not to say that resistance hasn't also like really impacted me and, and answered a lot of questions that I've had about the sequel trilogy. And then also setting up a lot of the conflicts that I was thinking a lot about, like when I saw the force awakens for the first time. So it is like lower on my list, but that doesn't necessarily mean I don't like it or else I wouldn't be here talking about it. I guess. <laughs> and, and I love it. Cause I've, I mean, I've seen your posts going into it and, the characters are wonderful. Um, but yeah, yeah, and and everything can be your favorite. That's the whole. That's the whole kind of point. You know? um, exactly. Uh, how about Claudia? That's very. Deep. I feel very similar. So I cycle through favorites depending on what um, stage of a depressive episode I'm under. Um, <laughs> that's just what I, I. I'm like, you know what? Right now, I'm just in a thrawn mood, and that's what gives me serotonin. Um, so it's very hard for me to, to rank things because then I. Um, <laughs> I live in a small New York apartment. If you can hear it, that's my doorbell. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's very, it's very hard to rank things because I'm like, yeah, is the Phantom Menace very low? Yes. However, Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters. And, uh, you know, Duel of the Fates is probably up there in like top 10 Star Wars moments. So it's very hard for me to do overall rankings. Um and I also I also pick things based on like how I'm feeling that day. Like you know I normally would put Clone Wars at the top, but you know lately I've been putting Rebels at the top. So Resistance, um, actually I uh, the first Star Wars podcast that I did was when Resistance premiered, um, and so I it's very special to me. Um, so I I would put it in like the middle for me. 
Um, because I, I am also one of these people who I very much like the television shows better than the movies. So I would definitely put it above some movies because in those movies, there are things that I like, but I wouldn't put them up there. Um, but I would put resistance up there cause I just like the animation and I like television and there's just a lot to pick from. So I would put it like mid tier for me. Um, but that's only because there are some that are such bops and such bangers that they have to be so <laughs> high. Um, so it's, you know. I'll say this. If I were to do a ranking and my rankings change, where I put resistance would piss off a lot of people. Um, so. <laughs> yes. Living for it. Yeah. Uh, to it. I'm very sorry, Kivu. Can I get you to kind of repeat what, what you just said? I was having issues during the middle of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. So, um,. Resistant or my favorite Star Wars project, Empire Strikes Back. You know, it's kind of a more common answer, but I mean, it's what I enjoy the most when whenever I watch Star Wars, I can watch it whenever. I always enjoy the movie. So, um, but as for Resistance, where it ranks on my totem pole of on-screen Star Wars media, um, it's kind of towards the bottom, but that doesn't take anything away from the show because it's still absolutely fantastic. The themes, the storytelling, a lot of the dialogue I find just absolutely great. And um, I'll bring it up a little later in the show, but the animation for when we see uh, the Ace Squadron or just anyone in general dogfighting or racing around Castellan, it just looks absolutely amazing. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then for, for me as well, I it it'll it'll change yeah it's uh, things gonna change with this most recent rewatch um i have to say i actually think this is the best first season of a show um especially how hype the end of the first season is uh as it starts to coincide <laughs> yeah. with things going on it's awakens and yeah because they're it's running concurrently um yeah, yeah. I, I am actually in the process of re-ranking everything, so that's what kind of... <laughs> So why do you why do you guys think the show is so slept on? Um start with you. I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the main is similar to why a lot of people don't watch Rebels. It's the art style slash animation, and they think it's for like kids but i would argue that star wars in general is for kids or for everyone not just kids but also teenagers and adults so just take that as you will um but yeah so and then i i feel like to think that the loud majority tends to bash this show even though they haven't actually sat down and watched it because it's produced by disney and they automatically think it's going to be bad. It's going to be a, just not a good show, but it's not true. People don't give the time to actually give the show a chance through the first six or seven episodes. So if you don't give something a chance, you're obviously not going to think highly of it because you haven't actually put in the time to make a decision yourself. So. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, I especially think there was just extra toxicity at that point in time, um, mm -hmm. which... I think is part of people not to watch it to begin with and people are super <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, I, I don't yeah. think 
I don't know why. Uh, uh, what do you think, uh, Camilla? I said so. Yeah, I feel I think it's the same. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it's the toxicity at the time that it came out, and then because people don't like the sequel trilogy, and so something is anything associated with the sequel trilogy is going to automatically get more hate off the bat versus getting a chance to um, to be explored. And then yeah, the idea that oh, it's for I, I hear oh, it's more childish often said. And, and when I was watching it and I'd heard that before I started watching and was like, it's not childish at all. Like there are a lot of, there are so many like pretty powerful themes and intense conversations that are being had in the show. And I was like, this isn't really childish at all. It's just, it's not, it's not Clone Wars and it's not Rebels. There's no Jedi and that's fine. And so I think it's, I think it also ties back to people have expectations about what they want. And then they don't get that. And then oftentimes those voices can be the loudest. And so when those voices command the conversation and say, this is a bad show, don't watch it. A lot of people will listen to those voices and then therefore don't give it a chance. And it's like, if I had listened to those voices, I wouldn't have given it a chance and I wouldn't have a bunch of notes in my phone as I was watching it and it was like <laughs> scribbling away. Cause I was like, this, this is so fast. This is so interesting and like yeah. engaging. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's, it's people saying don't watch it. And too many people listening to the select few voices. What would you tell a, a holdout who hasn't watched? I would tell, just watch it. It's more Star Wars, you know, <laughs> like give it a try. It's not going to hurt you to give it a try. I, I can't tell yeah. you that like your opinion is wrong if you don't like it, but you can't even engage in the conversation if you don't even give it a try. So also like who doesn't want more Star Wars? That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very, very true. Um, how about you, Claudia? Oh, both questions. Why is it so so slept on and what would you tell a hold at? I'm, I'm introducing some friends to Star Wars right now uh, to give some background. I got into a Mandalorian Discord server and I discovered that I had some friends who had never seen the rest of Star Wars. So I was like, you know, screw it. Let's watch all the, let's do Disney Plus watch parties over Discord and let's watch all the movies. And then I kind of... Um, I may have converted some people and then we spent the next uh, six months watching the Clone Wars and now we're watching Rebels. And so as a part of this, and then, of course, I have a bunch of friends who've now started watching uh, Clone Wars and Rebels because things are on Disney Plus, whatever. I've been explaining things to people. And um, I'm also a really big fan of the Tangled series, if people know me. So I'm like deep and the Owl House and and a lot. I just uh, you can see Pascal behind me. but just in general, a lot of animation, especially Disney Channel. So when this was coming out, uh, I noticed a lot of things and I like I like to, to talk about it. And it there really was a combination of Star Wars fandom at the time being very specifically toxic, like people were saying, and also kind of what was going on with how to access shows. I would say like we were in a transition period of there are some s- streaming services Um, you know, this was before Disney plus whatever, like resistance was hard to watch. So it was a, it was a combination of things. So resistance premiered, um, it premiered. Oh, I've looked it up on Wikipedia. It premiered in October, 2018. So that was 
after a year of uh, Last Jedi toxicity and uh, Solo, I believe, coming out, it was just after a lot, and pe- a lot of people were like, oh, I'm done, there's a lot of discourse, whatever. Plus, um, it was a show that you could only watch if you had access to a cable subscription. Um, so yeah. it was a combination of like, why should I bother to watch this? And there was already this fight with Rebels, because Rebels had only recently finished um, all the sequels and the anthology films were coming out. There was still that fight with Rebels. Now many people fight for Rebels and look back on it fondly, whatever, but there were still those kinds of fights of, it's for kids, I don't like the animation, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and then a new one came out, whatever, and they're like, not this again. Um so it was it was truly a snowball of so many things. And it really I felt like I was the only one yelling about this. And I tend to be that person um, for a while. I was like, guys, this is so cool. This is so interesting. Like, um, you know, the, and like Camilla said, there's always a subset of voices who are actually quite small, uh, but very loud. And so they're like, I don't like the animation style or whatever. And, and or I don't like this or whatever. And you're like, I don't know what it's about. And. To be fair, if you weren't interested in the sequels or if things disappointed you or whatever, you'd be like, why do I want to invest more of my time in this? Um, and I, I did feel like that for a while about certain things. Um, but I took a chance on it because I was like, I know that television does this better. Um, so I, I would love to have a television show fix things in the sequels. Um, but I also think that Resistance was at a big disadvantage that it was being made and coming out while the movies were coming out so like they didn't know how it was going to end uh rebels you know the original trilogy is already finished uh the clone wars the prequels already done um so it was just a combination of at just so many disadvantages and it, and especially at a weird time um so for a holdout if you're watching um yeah number one it's more star wars why not um number two this is coming from a person where the sequels are not my favorite thing, although some of my favorite characters are from the sequels. Um, it's If you are doing a Star Wars rewatch, whatever, stick Resistance in there. It doesn't take a lot of time. It'll just add a little bit of richness to, uh, to the sequels, add a little bit of spice, a little bit of something. Um, that's how I like, I, I, and when I, te- when I tell people, I'm like, watch The Force Awakens and then season one, and then The Last Jedi and then season two. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think for, if you're a holdout, I'm like, why not? It's on Disney Plus. It's super easy to access. You have no, you have no, um, you have nothing to lose. Um, also, um, it, I'm sorry if you complain about the if you complain about the animation. I actually think the animation is really cool. So, so maybe you I. just don't have taste. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I've had people be like, "Oh, it gives me a headache or whatever," and I'm like, "Okay, I call BS on that." Oh. <laughs> I, I had to look at Rebels Yoda. Okay, like it's better than that. It's better than Rebels Yoda. Okay. <laughs> Rebels Yoda's adorable. You just want to kiss him on the forehead. <laughs> Rebels Anakin though was rough. There you go. Rebels Anakin. Anakin. Uh uh. I can't get on board with that one. No, I got a Rebels Wookiees. Oh no. It hurts me. The first episodes. I love Rebels and I will 
I will talk about its animation style and how it taught and like what things were done on purpose, whatever. There are some character designs that I'm like, what, what were you smoking? What's up with that? <laughs> and resistance, resistance, it doesn't have that problem. It actually has some really cool character and like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, backgrounds and things like that. And uh, anyway, I just love animation and talking about it. So <laughs> in, uh, it also has the first sighting. I didn't realize this until just the other day of having oh, the little toddler droid. I don't know what you want to call mm-hmm. him, but yes. From Bad Batch, yeah. Little chubby legs walking like a little baby. Um, yeah. And the Puggles, yeah. the Puggles that we see when um, Omega. What, is that what they're called? Yeah, Omega's yeah. on yeah. the on whichever planet being chased by Fennec or whatever. When that showed up, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, shout out to Resistance fans. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, that's that's awesome. I I mean I I fully agree. Um, it was when you now that you mention it, I I had <laughs> I had to acquire most of Rebels because I didn't have any place to to watch it, you know. And then when Resistance mm-hmm. came out, I didn't I didn't watch it until much much later, and then. I, had to acquire it because there was no place to watch it. There's no, I didn't have mm-hmm. Disney XD. There was no reruns, you know. That, on, that Disney on Now app is broken and it still is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's a great point. Hopefully, though, I, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, they actually, I don't know, maybe load it and we can get this a new generation of. Um, but uh, Ivu, I didn't get asked a second question. From you of what would you say? Hold out stat. What would I say? So, I think you gotta get through the first six episodes because those those are my least favorite. As with most animated Star Wars shows, the first episodes are always kind of rough. In some cases, the first season's rough. However, that's not the case with Resistance. The whole first season, Resistance. For the most part, is pretty pretty good. Um, but yeah, so get get through the first six season or episodes, and um, I mean, I think I think Camilla brought it up. You just gotta sit down and watch it. Like, you, you can't just not finish at least one season or both and say yeah, I don't like it if you haven't put in the time or effort. So you you, you gotta do that. Like you gotta actually make a commitment to to watch something and keep an open mind. Don't just sit down and compare it to like Clone Wars because that's an anthology series. It's 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 not sequential. So Resistance yeah. is a workplace comedy. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It, it is. is. <laughs> it's like yeah, like Resistance yeah. is like the Parks and Rec of Star Wars. Um, I love that show. It's, oh my it's just about some people trying their best to work together. Um, <laughs> And so it's so like so it's very different from Clone Wars, and it's very different. Rebels is like a family on a ship. They're the Brady Bunch, and it's, Resistance is Parks and Rec. <laughs> it's uh, Rebels is like Family Matters, but in space. Um, that's that. Yeah, that's where I like step by step. One of those things. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I still I still love it. It makes sense, and it absolutely is a workplace comedy. There are certain times where I would love to see like <laughs> Kaz like look at the at the camera and like. <laughs> um, I I would love it if if you could actually pull them off screen and have them like do a <laughs> talk to the camera. That would, that would be amazing. Tam uh, Tam Rivora talking to the camera. That I would pay money for that. Uh, I would be about how much that. Kaz messes up. Yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and he can't even fix the fireball. <laughs> Poor Kaz. Uh, he gets he just gets the the shaft the whole first season. Everything is really wrong. <laughs> to be when fair. To be fair, Ezra kind of gets that in the first season of Rebels, too, because another complaint a lot of people always have is they're all like, oh, well, the main character's annoying, whatever. I'm like, you said that about Ahsoka. You said that about Ezra. Mm -hmm. Those two were children. Ezra, uh, not Ezra, Kazuda, he's in his, like, early 20s, and he's kind of going through it, so he's actually very relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay if he's kind of annoying. Like, he's he's just, he's going through it. Like, he, like... Yeah. Leave him be. Like, um, and also, like, don't you want to watch a show where an absolute himbo is the main character? He's a dummy. Like, <laughs> Kaz, uh, Kaz is relatable because Kaz is everyone on a new job. When they're like, everyone's mm-hmm. like, ha- already has their workflows. They all know each other. They're all doing this stuff, and you're like, uh, where do I stand? Like, I don't know. Is this, I, I. I dropped the engine in the ocean. Is that bad? (laughs) (laughs) Can someone help me? Like, just help me. And they were like, just do the work. And you're like, you haven't, I have not been trained for this. Like, (laughs) I, you know what? I, here's what my hot take is that I think people were like, Oh, I don't want to watch this or he's an idiot, whatever, because he is what we all would be if we were in star Wars and we don't want to confront that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like yeah, a mess. I don't know how to fix a yeah. ship. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grab the. Awesome. Well, <laughs> uh, well, I, I yeah. So, what, what does um, like, what makes resistance? I mean, we're kind of talking about what makes it great, but there are things specific to add. But also, what does it add to this era? Uh, to this era that makes you guys. Oh yeah. Totally. Oh, it's like, it just, it builds up the world because I remember watching Force Awakens the first time and then like wondering where the heck did the First Order come from? I thought we defeated the Empire, Mm -hmm. like the Empire's back, what the heck is this? And then, um, and then, yeah, and then just like thinking about that as I kept watching all the sequel movies and was like, we have all this, this like massive gap of information from between the Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens. And so, yeah, Resistance helps build out that world and answer a lot of those questions. I mean, that was like something that I was thinking of. I'm, I'm relatively, I've always like generally been a Star Wars fan for this because it's a nerdy thing and I like nerdy things, but it really wasn't until like two years ago when I really started getting into Star Wars in the way that I am now. Um, and I was asking that question a lot, like what I thought the galaxy like defeated the empire. How, why does the empire still exist? Why are the first order? Why did these like beliefs still exist? Why do people still support this first order empire like group of people? Um, and, and, then, and then you looked at American politics, like, oh, 
<laughs> no, but exactly. That's ex- but you're exactly right. You're ex- you're exactly right, Chaco. That's what, and that's what I was like thinking through. Is that that's something that like really? I mean, I'm a big fan of just the the like the politics side of Star Wars in general. And so like that's the reason why I read Bloodline is because I was like, oh, this is going to build out this world. This is tells us like where did the First Order come from? And it's the First Order didn't come from anywhere. The Empire never went away. And people will always support the Empire. People always, and you see that throughout like the history of Star Wars, and and then you see that in like Resistance, and that's something that is really intriguing to me is that you see that conflict of like Tam being like, the, well, the First Order is here to protect us and to take care of us, and Yeager's like, you grew up in peacetime, I grew up in the middle of the Empire, like this isn't what you think it is, and so yeah, yeah. to see them dealing with wrestling with these questions that I was having when I was like getting into star Wars is like really engaging for me. And so anytime like Doze captain Doze is like talking to Pyre about like, Oh, we're here to be peacekeepers. We're here to like protect your station. And like we as omniscient viewers know that that's not true, but to like really dig in and to see these characters wrestling with those questions and and their and the place of the first order and 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 the politics of it all is very fascinating to me. And yeah, it just built out the world in a phenomenal way. Yeah, it um, it uh, it hurt me quite a bit rewatching it the past couple days because there was things that happened the past year that now hearing Tam say this stuff. Sus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, woo. Um, yep. your your thoughts on it, uh, Claudia? Um, yeah, I was gonna same thing. I love the politics of Star Wars. That's actually one of the main reasons. Uh, those are my favorite parts of Rebels. Actually, um, in the Clone Wars, like that's a great part of where the Clone Wars is is good because it, it makes the prequels make sense politically. It's like, we're going to take the most boring political thing and we're going to make it interesting. Um, and I would actually say the Clone Wars is very similar to Resistance in that they take something very complex, which is how does something as amorphous as, in this case, it was the Separatist Alliance or this proxy war, whatever, kind of like take over planets by taking advantage of the real societal inequalities that are there same deal with the first order how does it do that um through the eyes of uh working class people um so it's just like those arcs of the clone wars where it's through the eyes of working class people or the arcs of rebels that are like that as well and they're like what if we did a whole story with that and we just were with these people um of course they of course they are tied in with the larger resistance and all these other things we'll, we'll get into whatever, but it's very much like a zoomed in explanation of that. And I thought, I thought that was very interesting because for me, this is a wider me conversation. Like some what some of my biggest problems actually with the sequel era are like the lack of how they get into the politics of it all. And actually mm-hmm. that's a reason why I get so sad that resistance isn't longer um, because I feel like it would have fixed this problem. It already did so much um, in the movies. It's very much focused on the force and the Jedi and whatever in the politics they're covered a little bit, but you're like, oh, okay, wait, hold on, go back. Huh? Um, <laughs> and, and so when we get into it in resistance, you're like, Oh, like, it's just like in the Clone Wars when you're like, yeah, this is why a planet would become separatists or this is why, you know, this is why a planet would agree to empire rule in Rebels or that kind of thing. It, it goes over the same sorts of stuff and it's it's very interesting in that way. 
Um, and, and you see how it takes advantage of, you know, the things that people are struggling with. Um, just as like people trying to make it in the galaxy. Um, I actually also think that when you're talking about how does it flesh out the world, um, now that we have two seasons of The Mandalorian, which is is before The Force Awakens, um, and we got a little bit in there about where the Imperial remnants are from and how that connects to the First Order, um, I feel like Resistance connects very, very well with what we have from The Mandalorian. Um, Taken together, um, it gives it gives, and I'm sh- and now of course all the shows we're gonna get are gonna be like that. But like taken together, it really gives you a lot of dimension there. Because in the Mandalorian, you know, he shows up and he goes on his little side quest with whatever <laughs> working class people <laughs> he's doing his side quest with that week, and he learns about like, oh, I guess I have to get involved <laughs> or that kind of thing. Um, you know, and it's 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 very similar to with resistance where they're like, yeah, I'm just trying to survive or whatever. And they're like, oh, I have to fight for a larger cause. It isn't just me. Um, so anyway, if you like the Mandalorian, you should watch resistance. And I know that's a spicy take. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not wrong. I mean, they're uh, both. Mm-hmm. It, it bridges it bridges that gap. It's not about. Yes, Grogu is force sensitive, but it's not about Force. It's not about the Jedi um, type of situation. No, I, I, yeah, I mess with that. Um, how about you, Kivu? So, going off world building, I like how the First Order is portrayed because we see their morals and ideas on strength. So, if you're weak, there's a, there's a quote in Phasma. If you've read the the Phasma novel, where if a, a trooper gets shot, don't go save them. They were too weak and their death makes the First Order stronger. So we see that when Tam joins the First Order and she saves Rucklin and she is scolded for it and not given a promotion. However, there's also the hypocrisy in there when then she then, then saves the bridge from uh, like a torpedo cas shot at Pyre and Tierney. She shoots the missile, saving everyone on the bridge, and she's promoted. So it really only applies to those who aren't as a high-ranking status. So it it shows how the First Order works and their flaws within their own belief of structure. And then we also get more world-building on the Unknown Regions and being a huge Thrawn guy. I love the Unknown Regions. Because yeah. as, as most of us know, the Unknown Regions is where the First Order gained their strength and were hiding out in the shadows while the New Republic was taking uh, control of the galaxy. And so we see like a planet, I think it was called Ao, Elos, in season two, is in the Unknown Regions. And they were used to harbor an old rebellion base, which connects back to the Galactic Civil War. And so we can see the rebellion was actually out there at one point hiding out against the empire. So there's that going for resistance, which I think in general, Star Wars does a great job at world building, whether it's comics, books, or even some of the movies. I think the prequels are the best when it comes to world building, but it's a different topic. Um, But yeah, and then story-wise, some of the character arcs we get in the show specifically Tam. I'll talk about that later. 
But Tam's story arc, I think, is just one of the best in Star Wars in general because we see this young girl who found her way onto the Colossus because her father was never around, always a racer himself, and she finds a father figure in Yeager, and we see how that relationship is kind of broken with a resistant spy and how trust is a big factor in relationships. If there's no trust, of course, you're not going to want to be with or associate with that person. So I can see why she would do the things she did. And ultimately her redemption arc in season two is just one of my favorite things I've watched in general, not just star Wars, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my Uh goodness. I, I believe that Tam Rivora walked to the crosshair could run. Um, and given that the, 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 Jennifer Corbett uh, worked on resistance and now is one of the showrunners of uh, the Bad Batch. I mean, as a resistance fan, and then I saw I saw the whole crosshair thing happen. I was like, oh, Tam moment. That's <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not a crosshair stan in any way, um, but... Uh, if they do, if they do his his redemption, and I'm sure it'll take far longer because they have much more time in the Bad Batch. Um, it's going to be very similar, and I'm be like, oh, it's like poetry rhymes. There we go. <laughs> Tam is one of the most complex characters in all of Star Wars, and Agreed. one of the deepest. Because uh, yeah, all of the decisions you can you're watching this, and you're like, I under. From her perspective, because mm-hmm. she's kept out of this stuff, I, mm-hmm. I I understand all of your decisions, and you're not wrong for making them with the information mm-hmm. that you have. But mm-hmm. everything you do is wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's that's the damn. key difference with Crosshair is like she she does have some misinformation. <laughs> uh, Crosshair mm-hmm. does not have misinformation. He does make choices. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, you're, you're always like, girl, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and, uh, like, they're getting arrested, and, and she's just like, why don't you just comply? And, you're, and they're like, come on. <laughs> no, it's come not on. how it works. <laughs> oh, Tam. Uh, oh, Tam. No, but, but you're, so... This is this is something I hope that does not get repeated in the future because I feel like in making the Star Wars sequels, the prequels were so hated that a I don't think filmmakers predict. I like JJ. I don't think he likes the prequels. Um, I would be surprised. You know, I mean, like that wouldn't be surprising if he just came out. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't like him. Uh, like so many people didn't like him that it makes me curious if grew up with the original trilogy. I didn't like the prequels. Job late. You ignore that thing that you didn't. Well, the entire fan base that grew up with the prequels loves them and all of that stuff. So now are you going to make something that you would have liked when you were that age? Um, but not that they would like and I, I can see that happening in the future once this whole generation grows up with the sequels. People being like, "Oh, I don't like any of that stuff. We're gonna toss it out." And right back. Right back I can't back. live through this again. Please, no, please, no. I mean, it's a great point for sure, Chaco. Because like when you think about the people who are making Star Wars content, like logistically, they are older folks. 
and they are folks who grew up with the original trilogy. And it's like, every time I hear interviews with these creators, it's always like, oh, like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite or A New Hope was the first movie I saw in the theaters. Like my family, we all went to see Return of the Jedi together and they have like the nostalgic connection to the original trilogy. So it totally makes sense. And so it's, this isn't necessarily like about resistance, but it'll be very interesting when a new generation of Star Wars creators who like come up and are stepping into those shoes who are the ones who maybe grew up with the prequels, grew up with Clone Wars, how that like how their how that nostalgia informs the Star Wars content that they create. Because I don't know if I've ever heard an interview with any Star Wars creator or any of the writers, directors who say that the prequels are their favorite. Everyone always refers back to the original trilogy. I know that oh yeah. Well, real, real quick, I was just going to say the one person, the person that gives me the most hope is Leslie Headland. Uh, I was just going to say, Acolyte. same brain. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll let you say your thing. Go, go for it. <laughs> oh, I, she also does say like that some of the original films are her favorite, but she does specifically say in her, in her uh, interview, I loved her interview because she was like, I was a Legends Thrawn fan, heir to the Empire, all that kind of stuff. Like, that was her jam. She talks about being into Star Wars RPGs and fan fiction and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think she says, like, I, maybe I wasn't as close with the prequels, whatever, because mm-hmm. what is she in, like, her 30s? Um, I'm not sure. But, you know, but she's definitely of a slightly different generation. Um mm-hmm. So that was that was the first person that came to mind. And when she talked about building her writer's room, I'm sure it has, you know, she has people who've never seen Star Wars before. She's probably got people who got in the classics. She's probably got younger people. And I think that was yep. exactly the thing I was thinking about. And I also know just like on all the animated shows, probably in the past, probably Rebels Resistance, uh, now the Bad Batch, anybody who's working on any of those shows, there's probably a lot of younger people um, that the prequels are their favorite. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't speak to the press, but like, I am sure, I'm sure like people who are storyboard artists, uh, you know, writers, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure there's gotta be people, especially on the animation side. Yeah. I mean, she, she does. She specifically says in that interview that she's for that reason, she specifically got people who their favorite is the prequels. And she specifically got people whose favorite is Dave Filoni stuff. Like that was a separate Haste. category in, in there, and then having nice, nice. one person who hasn't seen everything, so that they can make sure stuff mm-hmm. makes sense. I don't know. I, I just think that's just such a smart way to. Um, I think that's like the best thing about Star Wars too is there's something for everyone. You can have a show about family. You can have a show about uh, workplace comedy, like Resistance. So, and then there's books, novels with different sorts of themes and modes of storytelling. So I, I highly doubt when someone says, oh, I, I hate Star Wars. I'm like, there's gotta be something there for you. If you like Westerns, go watch The Mandalorian. Like, it's just it's just a dude going on journeys, being a, a cool guy. Like, th- there, there's something for everyone. If you like Mad Max, read Phasma. Um, Such a good book. Y'all Such like Sherlock book. Holmes? Read the Thrawn books. It's Sherlock fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> like politics? Watch the sequels and parts of the Clone Wars. Like, there's so much. Padme books, baby. <laughs> I need to read those. I have both of them on my shelf, but I haven't opened them yet. So I'll get to that for sure.
get pushed back to April. I'm very sad. Don't want to talk about it? Don't. <laughs> I'm hoping the new Thrawn book doesn't get pushed back then. Because it's uh, supposed to release in November. I think they're all going to be, not to talk publishing or anything, but I feel like um, if you're expecting any Star Wars, they're get pushed. Just expect that. Uh, yeah, just expect it. Uh, <laughs> good to know, good to know. Un- unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> something popped up on the screen. Um, yeah. Okay. So on, on this. Oh, to continue with uh, with with what I was saying though, in this era, we have you know, like you said, in the absence of information, people kind of guess and run with those guesses. Uh, and it's really cool how the first order trade because the. New Republic has largely said we don't want to be the Empire. We don't want to control every person and every system and group. We want you guys to be able to do your own thing, handle business, and have a centralized government. Well, in the events taking place after uh, Bloodlines, we see the First Order. They're aware of their existence, but it's just a small group outside and letting them be just like we must be. But they're kind of sus. <laughs> and I love I love how this explores that and how as discovers, oh, they're a giant fleet out there. We didn't know how big they were. They're planning something really big. And you get to see how you know this this unfolds. It's not like it's kind of like you know, I get people like, well, how come they didn't just uh, how come the Jedi and the prequels didn't just do blood tests for everyone in the Senate so that they can catch Palpatine? And you're like, you can't just force everyone to take a blood test. And if someone has high metachlorines, it doesn't mean anything. And it's not mm-hmm. illegal to be a Sith Lord. Um, like you can't just like. You can't be mad. You can't say, oh, they got too political but then want them to like take over the government and force things upon them. Those are two like separate things. And and it's, you kind of see that perspective in the sequel era uh, through the lens of the show and, you know, everyone's place in the galaxy. Um, And it, yeah, it just makes sense. It's beautiful. All right. So um, I asked, so season one, favorite character, favorite character moment. Anything about it, you guys? Uh, go to Kivu. So, my favorite character in season one is probably Niku, just because I, I love his comedy. Like he, he's he's just such a nice guy. He always looks at the positive, no matter what. <laughs> like there was a time. I think it was towards the end of season one where Kaz like extremely messed up and the station was underwater and Niku was like, even like for all your mess up, you always find the good things in like the most hopeless situations. And I don't know why I just burst out when he said that. And then there's he, there's also the time with Bebo, <laughs> the way he wouldn't want to give up Bebo to that giant sea monster. Just, I mean, I don't know why, but it pulled on my heart. Cause like, he had to let it go, but like he was just, just so attached to it, even though he just met Bebo. <laughs> like, just you're such a loving guy. 
and then with Tam leaving, you can tell he was distraught. And we see that again in season two where they reunite and he gives her the big hug. Like, even for all her faults, he forgave her and missed her. So he's just a nice Karen. And he's a hard worker. He's a great mechanic. And he got the Colossus to fly again with the activating the hyperdrive, even though he messed up the coordinates to the car. Which might have saved them, so he could be a hero for all we know. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, so is is he? Um, is that considered like autism coding for character? I've seen that a bunch when people I, talk I think, about. I think you make the same case for Wrecker too. I mean, there's there's similar things there with him and Niku. So I, I think you could say that is autism coding. Just because the whole time, you know, I, it's like Abed. Um, but he's so genuine and so mm-hmm. sincere and earnest, uh, and he's just like he's the most wholesome. He's one of the most wholesome characters in Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't remember a time where he got mad throughout the whole show. Like, I, I just can't think of one. Except for there's right. there's one, isn't it? The Bebo, he's, he gets mad once. Isn't oh, because they're asking episode? to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah and it was he like want to get rid of him. That's right. <laughs> like Niku has entered his has entered his villain era. <laughs> it's <just> uncharted territory. <laughs> we don't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, how about you, Claudia? Oh, okay. Well, Tam is my favorite character in general. Um, but I would say my favorite like character episode is uh, in season one. Um, it is anything involving Sonara. Um, hey, if you like pirates, if you like Hondo Onaka, you should watch this show. What if they had some pirates and one of them was a lesbian? That's Sonara. Um, every time she's on screen, listen, listen. Listen, um, there's a lot of moments with Sonara and Tam in the Tam in the first season. I'm like, this is very fruity. Um, <laughs> this is this is. Are you guys gay or something? Like, it's it's very fruity. I remember the first season. I was like, what's ha-? like? They go on a little date, like and mm-hmm. everything. They're like, yeah, we're gonna walk through the market. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> And listen, we have all the wild Kaz is like, hey, Sarah, you want to do you want to hang out? And she's like, buddy, listen, listen, that all feeds into my theory. First of all, Flix and Orca, they are our first technically uh, Mm -hmm. on screen canon gays in Star Wars. We do stand, which just I just goes to show I believe that if Resistance had been on longer um, and had gotten to do more. Um, we would have gotten canon Tam and Sonara. Number one, because what is more Star Wars than a canon couple always being interrupted by somebody who's an idiot like C-3PO? <laughs> That's classic. It's from, like, every, in the classic movies, it's something like Kaz interrupting Tam and Sonara, whatever. I was like, hmm. <laughs> so between that and some of the other things, I was like, I truly believe that Tam and Sonara would have been the callous and Zeb of resistance, and I will die by that sword. Um, so every moment between them, I it I just it's a it's so much for me. And I do like how Sonara Sonara is that trope of um yeah, I was the villain, but now I'm the reluctant friend. Uh, but I'm not your friend, but I'm 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 reluctantly on the team. Um 
And I think, and she does it just because uh, she's a little gay, um, <laughs> which is like callous. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, anything, anything with those two, I just love uh, just so much. Oh, is this, is this season? This has to be season one. There is a moment where I do appreciate when an animated show uh does not go the way of like oh god they're gonna make them romantic whenever there's a uh, male and female character and like they couldn't have done that either like because Tora is young she's like I don't know she's like Sabine's she's, age I think she's, like 16. she's like yeah she's like 16 she's younger than Sabine um, and Kaz is like an adult um, so there was like no they're not gonna do that whatever um, but at one point <laughs> at one point she's like thinks that. that there's a moment where she thinks that he's kind of coming on to her and he's like, what? And she's like, no. And I, I, it, the, the vibe of just yeah. like, of just gay and lesbian confusion between the two of them is like, I'm like, no. <laughs> Be like, yeah, and, I uh, and also Kaz is just an idiot. So he, he's just like, wait, what? Um, it's a, it's a classic moment. Um, and I, and I just, uh, that, that, that one sticks out on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know why you're here. And he's like, you do? He's like, huh? He's like, huh? I'm gay. Uh, what? <laughs> also, you're a child and I'm gay. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, how about you, uh, Camilla? Oh man, that's very funny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm the same as Claudia. Tam is just my favorite in general, and has and like quickly became, I think, one of my favorite characters because, again, I mean, we talked about it how like complex and interesting and fascinating her character is. Um, definitely on my list of favorite Star Wars women. Um, but yeah, so it's like yeah, like I love I love Tam. I love Yeager as well. I love to mm. kind of see like him warm like you when you first meet him you feel like he seems like this like grumpy guy who doesn't want to hang out with anybody and doesn't want to talk to anybody doesn't want to have like any involvement in the resistance at all but then as you see the season go on and then, and then into season two seeing him like we we learn we know him more as as the show goes out because we're like entered into this world through Kaz's eyes and so obviously we um we feel that that same reluctance for Yeager to develop, uh, to be friendlier with Kaz, I feel like, but then also then to see like his relationship with Tam throughout the season develop. And like that one episode, the one when they're having other eating a meal together at the table, this is one of my favorite moments in the show. And, and like Yeager's talking about how you guys grew up in a time of peace. Like I grew up during the empire. You don't understand what you're talking about. And Tam it's like a very clear moment where Tam is pretty vocal. I don't know if you understands, but vocal that you are taking Kaz's side over mine. This guy just like walked in here out of nowhere and you're siding with him and you're not supporting me. And I think it's like the, a clear moment of shift for Tam to like move into when, she, when agent tyranny shows up for her to like start trusting agent tyranny because agent tyranny is feeding her all of this like information that validates why Yeager isn't being the father figure to her that he was before Kaz stepped in. And so, 
yeah, I, I, I really like to see like their, the two of them and their relationship and then to see it all come full circle in season two. But I mean, just Tam is lover, such a great character. Um, so she's definitely my favorite season one and season two, but we'll talk about season two in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I, it's, it's, it is, it's eager. Um, I find myself, I think of myself as a cross between uh, Yeager and, um, oh my goodness, why is his name escaping me? Uh, the same person you said, uh, Kiva. <laughs> um, Niku? Niku? Yes. Niku? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I consider myself a cross between the two. <laughs> so, and, and like, regular life and with a lot of things, I was rough or quiet or standoffish um but a lot of it is like history of weird events where i had no idea what was going on where i was there's so many events where i was niku that i was just like all right i'm just done with all this stuff oh i can't can't (laughs) handle it um but i i loved watching him this person who just i've i've fought and i can't i just can't do it and like his relationship with his brother and all that stuff. Yeah. Having that come out of that show, and I just thought that was. And um, to see him like become proud of Kaz, you know, like I don't know, that just that also just kind of hit me. Strange. It's like it's a lot like Keenan and Ezra. I mean, it's it's like poetry rhymes, love. It's <laughs> it's all all the show. I, I when I pitch this show to people, I'm like, "What is a Star Wars show if not a found family, a gruff and reluctant dad, a very broken, um, a very broken droid, um, some absolutely just bad bitch girl characters um, who she is the moment." Um, like it's the it's the same. They're the same. It's the same show. Uh, like. <laughs> It's the same show, same beats. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Tora's uh, chaotic energy just gives me like, this is going to yes. be super dangerous. And she's like, oh, my God, is it? Awesome. And she's like, <laughs> we might die. And she's like, yes. And like, God damn it. I'm not bringing her with it's me. Like, Niku. <laughs> when yes. they adventure into unknown space, Niku's like, the thrill of unknown. And possible danger he's like yes <laughs> i actually now that i think about it they're far less like parks and rec and they're much more like community which is which explains all of them being a little off their rocker <laughs> like, yeah and uh you know we, we even have the dean in it so <laughs> oh my god you're right <laughs> and he's roughly the same he even looks the same, kind of bird-like. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I just, I just love it. But you're right; it is, it is just community with less narcissism. <laughs> um, or right, how about season two? Favorite character of season two, and uh, any any specific moments that jump out? We'll go to Claudia first. Oh man, um, you know I I really do love Cass uh, 
coming into his own in this season. It's very much like Ezra finally kind of getting his shit together. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I I. I again it's gonna it, this is gonna be Tam for me like this is her moment this is this is where all of the stuff is happening for her kind of like Sabine in um seasons like two and three of of Rebels where like there's been stuff there's stuff been stuff with Sabine before but like now she it is clear she is a co-protagonist like this is her moment um and we've had to wait for it a little bit so I think it's gonna be Tam for me um I don't know if there's like a specific I don't know if there's a specific moment. Um I mean there's a lot of is you know oh you know what? <laughs> shout out shout out to my on-screen canon gaze. Um this is <laughs> this is the season where they go with Flix and Orca to visit yes. Flix's homeworld and his family. <laughs> And Flix is like, oh god, we gotta go see my family, uh, and it's it's just it's so like it's just relatable. Uh, it's just very relatable content, um, and the fact that like he has to bring Kaz and Tora and CB twenty three. Oh, we didn't talk about CB twenty three mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. with him. Like he's got like it just is like him and his husband, and it, it's just it's it's very fun. It's a good time. Yes. <laughs> trapped on the mining planet and uh, everything just falls apart that yeah that that episode jumped up uh, sure <laughs> yeah very rebels like that episode actually <laughs> so good uh how about you Kiva? so character wise it's gotta be tam for me in season two because like claudia said this is almost like her season because we see her kind of restrict the, not really restrict, but she fights against a lot of the First Order, like, manipulation. Like, she can't pull the trigger on Kaz. Or she, when she sees uh, Aos, the planet the, the Colossus was on, and the natives get destroyed, that's what forces her to go. She then truly sees how messed up the First Order can be. Uh, favorite, favorite moments, all the cameos in season two are done perfectly. You get Kylo Ren picking up Pyre and Tyranny and drawing their guns at each other. That was such a great scene. He's across the galaxy doing this. And it kind of shows how strong Kylo really is because I don't think a lot of people quite grasp that. The man took down a Zillow beast in a comic. So like, That's enough for me. Yeah. It's a, it's very it. similar to the rebels the rebels moment where they have the inquisitor just like behead them like where you're like whoa yes. this got very very dark very fast because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tarkin shows up and says just, just off the com- comedic relief right now <laughs> <laughs> but um so, so yeah Kylo's appearance Hux appears uh, when they're on the Titan which is another like type of ship it's exactly like the Colossus except it looks like First Order is there, and they are. Um, we get sight on Athano, which I thought was really cool, when the pirates are uh, getting weapons from him. I was so hoping for an Echo appearance, just just because that would have been cool, because he's with Sidon and the pirates, but, you know, that's, mm. that's just me. Yeah, but, and then, um, who else do we get? We get Guavi and Death Gang, too, in Season 2, which is another great cameo. And I think they're all done really well where it's not over the top, like, and it doesn't happen too often. 
one of my complaints with the Bad Batch, I love the show, but there are like, it seems almost cameo driven for some of the plot lines, which personally I don't enjoy that much. Cause I, but that's just, that's just me. Um, but then another scene that sticks out in season two is when Vanessa Doza is captured by the First Order and she uses Tam to get out. Their conversations about the First Order and how First Order is manipulating Tam and Venice is kind of opening her eyes to that. And then uh, Venice also opens Tam's eyes to what she's doing currently, which is she's running away from her own problems. She's not facing them head on. I think it's kind of a turning point for Tam's character arc where she's finally starting to do a 180 and turn back to the Colossus and her original family and workplace. It, it very yeah. much reminds me of Hera, uh, of Hera being like, radicalize your children. Uh, it, it, <laughs> she has she has the same vibe as Hera being like, today we're yeah. going to have therapy and also I'm going to radicalize mm-hmm. you. It has the same energy. Yeah. <laughs> and Vanessa gives such good like, motivational speeches. <laughs> and like when she's talking to the, uh, what was it, the J Squadron? she commands and they're about to go fight she gives like a whole speech and they're all like yeah she's just like a, such a mom to me like, like yeah. the perfect perfect mom except because <laughs> 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 she's never there <laughs> hey daughter it's nice to see you um anyways i gotta years. go <laughs> No, no, I, 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 I do. I love, I love Vanessa because she has, she is to me the perfect cross between Hera and Sienna Ree. Um, mm-hmm. Where like, mm-hmm. if, if you, if you took Thane and Sienna and swapped them and made Thane Imperial, um, her the Rebel, they would be the Dozas. <laughs> Ooh, um, that's oh, great. Right. That's a great point. I never thought about that. That's a good comparison. It's just and it's just a really complicated. Also, Emmanuel Doza is is a great character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you flesh out his background as an imperial who's like, yeah, this 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 is not place to be. <laughs> we need to stop this. Um, yeah, yeah, just just big. Um, and uh, Mila, it's yeah. I mean, it's Tam overall but um but yeah the, Vanessa is like the very close second I love her so much as the first moment she popped on the screen I was like I need more of this character I need to know everything about her I need a from a storm point of view long book that's from Vanessa Doza's point of view throughout the original <laughs> trilogy I just like I love I love when like Yeager was talking about how oh they fought the idea that like the three of them were in fighting in the rebellion together. I just love <gasps> Polycule. Oh my god! Yes, I found the resistance Polycule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Continue. Okay. Found it. Now you, that's very funny. Um, but yes, but yeah, no, I love I yeah, Vanessa is definitely like a character that I'm obsessed with and would love more info about her. Um, but yeah, that that moment the um with when she's talking to Tam and and it's like, what do you want? No, forget about like what you've been indoctrinated to think, like what do you want at the heart of it? And it's like 
And something else that I was thinking about is that like, when we were talking about Hera, like, I think I would even say that Tam and Hera are very similar in the way that they both started, but then the way that their trajectories diverged because they both wanted to fly. They both are pilots. They both want to be like, you see that very like clearly with Tam. She wants to be in the sky. She wants to be flying. Hera does as well. And they both eventually get there. But like Hera has that beautiful line in Rebels where she says, I learned to fly and then I learned to, and I use that ability to help others in need. And so it's like, and I feel like Tam Mm -hmm. could have gone that similar route, but her circumstances and where she's at in life don't necessarily let her get there. And her only path to getting in the sky is, is she believes is to line up with the first order. Um, And, and then she has to come to realize like, Ooh, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, it's, 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 it's like all of these characters start out with a dream and wanting to get somewhere, but the way that like, the first order, the empire, all of these evil villains manipulate that desire. You even see that like in, in the higher public with the Nile um, breaks my heart. So it breaks my heart with Tam, but then to be able to see her come full circle and come to that realization um, is, is just so fantastic how her arc comes full circle in season two. And then of course, how they just welcome her back. Um, I don't know. That was just, Everyone's like, I, I get it. Heartwarming. I get, I get how, how you got here, and it's not wrong. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so it looked like you want to say something, uh, Claudia. Oh, I was just get, I was just gonna make a joke that she hadn't committed war crimes yet, like Crosshair. So it was. Uh, they gave Crosshair. They gave Crosshair a lot of chances. They were like, you know, you did murder civilians at point rank plank range but we'll give you another chance um you know because of the chip and he's like i don't got a chip and it was a lot <laughs> but tam tam they were like we get it you haven't done much it's all right come on back it's okay like it so <laughs> you know i i don't blame them you know <laughs> painfully true painfully true um all right, so let's ask, uh, what do you guys think about how the show ended? As well as, you know, I mean, we already talked a little bit about see more Vinny stuff, but um, who, who else do you want expanded? And, uh, um, I remember when it ended, I don't think I. I didn't realize it was the last episode when it was the last episode. And so when it ended and then like the little box popped up and was like, you should watch rebels. You should watch clone wars next. Excuse me. There's not more. That's it. So I was very, (laughs) I was very sad. I was like, this is a great. And it felt like to me, the way that season one of rebels ends where it's like, we've saved our found family. Now we're moving into this next territory of fighting for the rebellion. And what does that look like? And it felt like that's how season two ended is that we've, our found family is now back together. We've gone through these trials now together. We're going to move in and join the resistance. And I know that, and like, I'm pretty sure it's canon that the ACE pilots were at um, the Exegol, right? The battle of Exegol. I Googled it. I think I Googled it. In the novelization of uh, Rise of Skywalker, that scene Everyone starts to call, starts calling out, um, checking in. 
and it's just the best thing ever because like (gasps) the ghost checks in inferno squad checks in oh my god Um, no yes just everyone you can think of and it's just like a beautiful moment we're all we're all here everyone's still here yeah (laughs) i'm gonna cry (laughs) oh my god Oh, that's so beautiful. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, exactly. So that's that's the point. Like our reaction to hearing that, like, oh, the ace pilots were there and like some of these other pilots were there is just like that and and we're not alone. There are more of us. We're not alone in in that like in that desire to see how those pilots got to the Battle of Exco. They obviously are it, it really feels like the the colossus and, and everyone on the colossus is like moving into resistance territory and wants to be a part of the resistance so yeah so that's that's something that that i'm like oh i'm so hungry for it i'm so hungry and like you were saying earlier claudia that it helps build out the world and answer like the political questions and some of the world building questions so we can because it is a really fascinating time um and and to get more seasons of it would definitely help build that out. So, and then to see them all fighting the final order, uh, my heart. But yeah. Awesome. And uh, how about you, Claudia? Ah, okay. So this is another one where I like to talk about like the context of when the show came out because there was a t- like there was a big gap between when the Last Jedi came out and when the Rise of Skywalker came out, and in that time, Solo came out. In that time, uh, Resistance season one came out, and then Resistance season two began. Um, and the Resistance season two started, um, but it, I believe someone correct me if I'm wrong. That also fall 2019 is also when. Uh, the Mandalorian premiered as well. Am I correct me? Yeah. It was like fall 2019. Yeah. So resistance was premiering at the same time. So like people were not, they really, they really screwed it over that way. Um, So like the Mandalorian came out resistance, like the final season was coming out. People were not paying attention. Um, I was living my best life. I was the only person really talking about it. Um, Then the rise of Skywalker comes out. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker came out what? Uh, December 2019. 2019. December 2019. Ooh, time is relative. <laughs> this comes out. It comes out like, and that's supposed to be like the end of the Skywalker saga. And then by then they had announced that the Clone Wars is ending, so that's supposed to be like the real wrap up. And so like, Resistance finished its season in January 2020 so it it finished like kind of wrapped up and then the Clone Wars obviously wraps up in in April and that was like it was all a part of this like month-long goodbye uh to the entire Skywalker saga or whatever which is a joke because then the Mandalorian comes back and we got Luke Skywalker so it's like surprise shut it <laughs> but like but it really did feel like there was an ending of a lot of things and I was one of the few people still watching whatever so I was like oh like it was really good to like tide me over until the Clone Wars and all this kind of stuff um and so yeah so there was a there was a lot of emotions there I also I was not a big fan of the. There are some parts of the Rise of Skywalker I don't I like, but overall I, I was not a big fan of the Rise of Skywalker, so I was like not feeling it. Uh, but then this came out, and I was like, "Goodbye, guys, I'll miss you." <laughs> and then you know the Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think 
now that we know, oh, it's not over. Um, <laughs> and now that we know, because I've connected the dots and so have many other people that, uh, you know, we got Thrawn, we got the Thrawn books, we got the Grisks, we got, we got the unknown regions, we got a lot of things going on. We got, we got the Mandalorian, everything's connected, all that, all that. Uh, you know, the, the, the Ray Palpatine is stored in the Grogu is sold in the Omega, all that, it's all connected. Dave Filoni is about to somehow explain Ray Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> he's about to connect it all together. Um, I'm just hoping that like these characters show up somewhere else. I mean, if they showed up in one of the live action shows, I think I'd lose my god. I'd lose my gourd. And it would and to me it's not that much of a big jump. Like they put Cobb Vanth in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and he was like a side character. A throwaway. Not even a, a side character yeah. of a book, a side character in a little vignette. Yeah, like chapters yeah. in a book. They're like you know he's interesting put him in an episode whatever and that's also why I'm like where is Eli Vanto but I'm like like, yeah they could totally throw in one of these characters and you wouldn't need a lot of the background for them to put them in an original story for people who are just watching the Ahsoka series or they're just watching um, you know they're just watching Ahsoka series they're just watching Mandalorian they're just watching Boba Fett whatever they're watching Um, or they show up in whatever tie-in material comes in like that's all I'm asking for is that we get some of these characters tied into all this. They're around during this time. You're tying everything together. Just, just sprinkle them in. Just put them in there. Just like that's like they can be there too. Like uh, I, I know, I know. Like and they're already connected. Like there, there's ways. There's ways to do it. And I'm just. Uh, I, I, that's that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking for. Just give me a little, give me a little <laughs> resistance, something in any of this New Republic era connections business, and then I will be fed, and then I'll be good. I'll be fine. So <laughs> awesome! I, I love it. Uh, how about you, Kiva? Um, so I was fine. I, I liked the ending. I thought it was a good ending. However, I definitely want more. Like. I wish there was like at least another season because it's just such a good show. I think there's some things that they could have continued with and that weren't finished story-wise, but especially since another year left in the conflict at the first order going up to the battle of Mexico. So there's still time they can fill in there. But um, so that's about the ending Uh, characters. I want to see more of, I want to see, Emmanuel Doza's time with the Empire and how he's brought over or defects from the Empire is, and brings Is he going to be in the Andor you know, show? That's, um, that. I was just going to say it. It could happen. It could happen. You get Yeager, Vanessa. That's a good Get them all in there. Yo. <sighs> yes. Vanessa meets Emmanuel. We'll see her first interaction. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, I, I could, I, yeah, I, I so could get behind that. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about this, but Frankie the Hut. <laughs> who, who, who is this random hut just sitting out here in the middle of nowhere in the galaxy hosting in an these empty races? Casino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to know more about this guy. Just off that one episode, he's my favorite hut. I mean, I know there's a hut with a six pack in the, uh, the Bounty Hunter comics. Yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. But, like, Sexy. I need more Frankie. I want Eli Vanto, Eli Vanto, Wild Space King, to like mention Frankie the Hut like once. Yes. Like I, I, I went to know. his casino. Yes. 
Like that also, would be hilarious. The fact that his name is Frankie too is yeah, so like, funny to me. He's basically Italian hot. Like they were not slick with what they were trying to pull off there with the Italian mobster hut. Like we get it, Filoni. Like we we understand what you're trying to do here. Um. So yeah, more Frankie, and then I mean Tam. Like who wouldn't want to see more Tam? I don't I don't know when, I don't know where, but I I know Filoni can like drop her in somewhere. Yeah. Okay. See more Tam. Or a comic. Anything. What I, what I yeah, need. A book. Is these three people in something? And it, it's it's Tam, it's Tora, and Jason Sandula. Um, oh, Ugh. oh my God! Like, just, just my heart can't Sandula. handle it. Just flying around. I mean, I mean, he's he's he'd be significantly older than them at this point. But like, like he's like running missions and like has them as his like pilots and sharing these stories and stuff like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That would just be. That, that that would just be dope. That's 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 what I'm. You're gonna yeah, make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and also with Filoni being in charge of so many projects right now, Mando, Bad Batch, Ahsoka show. I think he's involved in Book of Boba Fett. Am I wrong there? Yeah, so he's involved in that too. And then I think he's also doing Rangers of the New Republic. I don't so, know if that show's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah, with, with the whole Gina Carano thing, but like she wasn't, her story was finished, right? We can just make a new. Maybe the Rangers yeah, of the yeah. Republic are, uh, the, oh no, that, that'd be before, that'd be before our, our resistance. Trapper Wolf. Never mind. I mean, I'll make a show Wolf. based around her. <laughs> <laughs> Save the Mando, man. We'll, we'll have to see, because the, the reporting about on Rangers of the New Republic was one of the weakest things I've ever seen in my entire life. It yeah. was literally w- one sentence in an article about something else where they said it's not currently in active development. Um, so you, you never, you never quite know, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they, they, they were doing too much. Get to kind of pull back a little bit. Yeah. Calibrate. <laughs> that's that's all. And then also one more character, Commander Pyre, because like he lives longer than Phasma and is with the First Order more than Captain Cardinal. But I mean, I thought he looked cool and like served his purpose as the antagonist. But other than that, we don't know much about him. So I would just like to see more of him. Also, I think armor is the best of the three special stormtroopers. Like I, I love gold, so yeah. like he just <laughs> looks amazing. I need a Power Rangers type show with all the colored stormtroopers, <laughs> 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 and they and they just I don't know they just like beat up like local populations. <laughs> it, Cardinal Phasma and Pyre just doing their thing, serving the first order. I just want. Thrawn to show up and be like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? <laughs> we we want to take them down. And he's like, but why? And I'm like, why? I don't, I don't know. Damn. Because <laughs> uh, I, I often yeah, think Thrawn of, comes... of Thrawn saying that to Padme of like, why didn't you just let them go? Yeah, in the Alliance's book, just like, 
Yeah, like the separatists didn't want to be part of our government, so we're fighting them. Why don't you just mm -hmm. let them go? Uh, and she's like, well, I've never, I've never thought about that. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, but we're going to kill those guys or whatever. Um, I, there's, there's, there's a, a lot like for, for me personally, um, besides that show where, where Jason's doing pilots. Um, I also, I, I don't know, I think that's the main thing I, I want. I also kind of want, like, just a random, like, Cheers-like show. Where it's just, like, people hanging out and they're sharing stories. And uh, a regular there is is an older hype face on. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I used to race back in the day. And, and just... Oh, just, uh, hype face I mean, on. Yeah, how, how they, they got Donald phase on and we're just like, your name's cool. Ever. I, I read a bunch yeah. of interviews when they initially like started the show whatever and like he's like a huge huge Star Wars fan whatever so he was like he was like uh, I've been waiting for this one like, <laughs> he's like it's gonna be named after me and everything and I think Bobby Moynihan as well who's been in a, bun a, a bunch of Star Wars things as well he's in a, he's dubbing a vision short as well yeah that's yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I can't remember who he was, but his name was on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, to, to kind of wrap up, um, gonna ask, uh, well, real quick, have any of you guys watched any? Finished it. Finished it. I cried every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I didn't get to today. I'm very sad. I was working. So. <laughs> no. I won't be able to till this weekend because of school and work. Like, like, I wanted to, but, like, I have a test next week that I want to pass. Yeah. So, like, I... No, no, you're, yeah. you're being responsible. I'm going to this weekend, though, for sure. Uh, and there's, there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. So, mm -hmm. I didn't want to make it a requirement because people got people got stuff to do, you know? Um, not everyone is a uh, weirdo and took the day off of work. <laughs> so. It isn't, it is a new Star Wars day. Like it should be a national holiday. Yeah. Like I, I, I agree. I'm also this. mad they didn't release it week by week. Like it's disrespectful. Like I'm just mad. As, so I get a free day off within one week of my birthday. And that, that was just like, well then I, when else am I? You know, yeah, today's the I perfect could, day. I could have a three day weekend or I could take today off, you know. So it's mm -hmm. it's not that crazy that it's no. just saying I would have done yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. So, um, what future project from Star Wars has you the most excited now? Could be, could be, thing. have to be, but. Yeah, what has you most excited? And then also, if I can get your thoughts and start. The okay, there's a lot of projects coming out. So I want to go because I'm I'm such a huge Thrawn guy. Lesser Evil is coming out, conclusion to the Ascendancy series. And I don't want to like spoil it for anyone, especially if people are going to watch this haven't read greater good but the ending of greater good has me so hyped 
for lesser evil how zon's gonna finish this trilogy off and then of course we may be getting drawn in some or may we will be getting drawn in shows too so that might tie in with that as well so that's what i'm looking forward to the most but also on a side note the acolyte because i'm pretty sure it takes place during the high republic and so like yeah so i'm enjoying the higher public right now i'm on uh, out of the shadows um about halfway through so enjoying that era greatly um closing thoughts resistance is such a good show that we haven't talked about cb23 yet like one of the best ball droids like she is such a cool droid there's a moment like where she pulls down five stormtroopers at once off a ledge and like takes on uh agent tyranny by herself like just and then there's other characters we didn't get to. Like, I mean, we mentioned Hype Phazon, but he has a small character arc too. Like, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Resistance, check it out. Great show. Promise you, or I can't promise anything, but most of you <laughs> will enjoy it if you just give it a chance. Um, and where can you find me? I don't post content so you can find me under the name kivu kieran and darth chaco and elements discord the guys at padawan's podcast luke and charchar j and his own discord and then cartoon d2 and harris productions that they fly now always talking with those guys mostly every night so if you ever want to talk star wars with me find me in one of their discords in a vc i'll be there uh you can also see we can also see you um in the past, having um, been one of the hosts for the trivia contests. Um, that, oh, I forgot. I should shout that out. Yeah. Darth Chaco competed in a. Out for me. Oh, no. <laughs> it was what in my that? back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what a place. It's the worst time for me to disconnect. <laughs> Yeah, that was like the worst timing for my internet to take a crapshoot. <laughs> but anyways, I co-hosted a trivia tournament run by Char Char J. That's his TikTok. He makes content. And it was streamed on the Podalons podcast, which is hosted by Luke and Char Char J. And Darth Chaco was a, a I was a competitor. competitor. Yeah. Yeah, he's a competitor. Um, yeah. If you want to know good how job. I did, <laughs> yeah, you got to go over to that. Check it out. Yeah, go watch. See. Yep. See how I, I think two of his three matches were on there because there was three rounds. So, if you guys want to see more of that? Go check it out. And uh, hello. Um. Yeah. I am. Gosh, I'm so excited for more Star Wars. There's so much good stuff coming. Um. The acolyte definitely 100. Can't wait. Love the High Republic. So super excited to see what Leslie Headland and her team are doing with that show, and then also Andor because again love star wars politics and really excited to see that like world more built out um and learn more about fulcrum and fingers crossed get more of um bail organa and then i can't wait cannot wait to get my heart ripped out when queen's hope releases i'm so not ready and so scared but i'm so excited so those are those are probably my top three for sure Awesome. And yeah. uh, where can we find? Well, any closing thoughts on resistance? And where? Can- oh yes. Um, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. It's more Star Wars. Who doesn't love more Star Wars? So why the heck not? Would you at least give it a try? 
that's give it a try y'all like like there are a lot of loud voices i said it earlier there are a lot of loud voices telling you what you should think but only you can come up with what you can think and you can't make opinion if you never even give it a try so do or do not i guess no that's not gonna work never mind (laughs) don't listen to yoda and try it Do try. That's breaking. That analogy is breaking down. We're just going to fast forward to where you can find me. You can find Camilla on TikTok at Bodhi and then um, my Star Wars narrative podcast, Beings of the Galaxy, wherever podcasts are streaming, and then also on Instagram, Beings of the Galaxy Pod. And that's me. Go watch Resistance. Yes, yes. Um, uh, also, I, I also have to shout out how surprised I was when I heard you on Star Wars Music Minute. In the past, because <laughs> my episode that I recorded before you aired after yours, and so yes. I was like, like how did they know each other? Like I was, I was, I was so confused when that happened. But no, yeah, Xanthi emailed me and was like, "I need somebody to talk about Leia, and I know you love Leia. Will you do it on Friday?" And I was like, "Absolutely." So that's that's how that happened. So thanks for introducing us. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jesus. Um, and uh, anyone ch- check out Star Wars Music Minute? We like to pause the people. Star Wars Music Minute, Xanthi, an incredible musician who takes Star Wars apart five minutes time and examines the five minutes. How it influences the, the it's so both. And I have been part of that. Check it out. Um, but last but certainly not least, we have Claudia. Ah, okay. So what am I most excited about? Um, so actually, I have not started The High Republic yet because in 2017, 2018, I was like, I'm going to do a full canon run of everything. And then, you know, 2019 and 2020 and now 2021 happened and uh, I've been a little behind. So I'm trying to desperately catch up on my canon run before I hop back to the High Republic and party with everybody else. But after reading all of the interviews with Leslie Headland and everything like the Acolyte, I'm just I'm ready. I, I know it's going to have such flavor and I'm so <laughs> she gets it like she gets it. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um I do apologize in advance for the person that I'm going to become when lesser evil comes out. Uh, I'm a Thrawn person. Um, Everybody does know that my now verified Twitter account is just Thrawn tweets uh, or mall tweets, depending on the day Uh, or well, it's usually your din tweets a couple months ago. Uh, So (laughs) it's going to be, I, uh, this is my joker. Um, (laughs) And the editor said that it's like, I don't know, 500 pages long. It's like a very long book. Um, I apologize for that. And also I do apologize for the person that I will become when the Kenobi series comes out. Um, I'm already scared. I'm scared that they're not going to mention the, like Cody and, and things from the Clone Wars. And I'm, I'm very anxious, uh, whatever. But uh, I do apologize for the person that I'm going to become when those things come out. And in general, kind of the same as Kivu, like, anything with Thrawn um this is my joker um (laughs) 
I know they're not going to do him for him right on screen. And they're like, that's not my boy. That's not, that's not him. Like, that's not my boy. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be uh, a menace to society. Um, whenever any of that comes out. Um, however, um, so those are my most anticipated projects. Uh, final thoughts on resistance. Um, yeah, I think, um, this show is just very criminally underrated, um, I really, really like to compare it to if you like Rebels and you liked the potential that, uh, like, the first couple seasons of Rebels had, um, you're really going to like it. Uh, you're going to be like, oh, like, this has, like, a similar cadence and whatever, and even sometimes even more foot on the gas. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think people should give it a chance. Uh, there's a character played by um, Frodo Baggins. Um, uh, what's his name? Who plays? Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just very good and very interesting. Um, and also just fun. Um, and like, you know, the Bad Batch isn't on right now. So like, and Visions, you probably just binged in a day. So like, you need something, go watch it. It's not going to take you very long. And then we can talk about it. And then we can talk about Tam and Sonara because that's all I want to talk about. Um, yeah, where can you find me? Um, so I'm uh, I'm everywhere on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram um, at Kaludia says K A L U D I A says. Um, but I'm the co-host of RuPaul's Pod Rates, so please go listen. Um, we work very hard on this podcast. Uh, we have an episode that comes out every Sunday um, after the Bad Batch and uh, until Visions, uh, and then until the Book of Boba Fett. We've had a lot of cool and interesting things plan in things that we're doing um and sometimes we like we do things called rogue ones where it's not all of the hosts but we do like special uh, special interest things uh we just had a gaming episode and we're recording our visions episode tomorrow one of many because um i will be spending the next i don't know week two weeks uh reading the ronin novel because uh, i got a little early sneak peek and i'm very excited about that nice. um so we're gonna talk about that in a future episode um but yeah roof house pod race uh is a queer star wars podcast um i cannot describe it as anything other than absolute chaos um in that it's true it's <laughs> It's a bonkers good time. It's it's it'll just it's just different than any other any other experience that you're gonna have. We have fun little segments of things we find on the internet um, of involving Star Wars that we bring and use to beat each other over the head with. Um, <laughs> it's just a good time. So you listen to that wherever um, podcasts are sold. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. And you know, and I'm I'm always on on TikTok, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am always with. Hot takes. Um, <laughs> I know. CEO of Tarkin Talk. Oh, no. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Snuck it in there. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but no, thank you so much for, for, for joining.